Hi everyone, this is Todd Fields, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Circle Podcast episode number 26, and we hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving, and you're off to a wonderful holiday season. Christmas is approaching soon. I hope you had your fill, had a great time with family and friends, and are looking forward to just a great holiday season. I know for many of you, you're in a church, and you've got a lot to to come up with in meetings, and you're executing a lot, and it's just, it can be a really crazy time of the year, but we want you to know that we stand with you, and God is with you, and we're here to just encourage you that the work you're doing is going to impact generations for the name of Jesus and for the glory of God on the earth. We want you to know that you're loved by God, and He sees you where you are. What you're doing matters. It matters for eternity. And we just send out even now a broad prayer for you and your families that God would sustain you during this season. And uh, that in the midst of the doing and the executing, that you would not forget the most important thing, which is to rest in the power of the Holy Spirit, your true identity, which is you crucified and raised to life that's eternal with Jesus and seated at the right hand of the Father. And we'll always continue to remind you of that because it's the most important thing. Well, I'm so excited about all that's going on right now. Next podcast episode is going to be extra special for me. Uh, my wife, Carrie, who is a huge part of this entire Worship Circle story, just both of our stories and coming together and being in ministry for a lot of years is a huge piece of how this whole thing happened. And we're going to tell our story and share with you really the heart and reason we do behind and the reason we do Worship Circle. So don't miss that. It's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. Our good friend Eric Hill is going to be interviewing us, and it'll be the first time we've been interviewed on the Worship Circle podcast. So this will be an extra special thing for me, and we're just excited to share our hearts with you. We also are in the midst of a great term of mentoring. We have some awesome small groups and just leaders from literally all over the world. We've got a girl from Chile, a girl from Australia, and in the past have had friends from Hong Kong, Germany, just all over, and then all of our wonderful friends and leaders that are in the United States. We just love everybody, and we love getting to walk beside and uh, let leaders know they're loved and not alone and pass on stuff that we've learned oftentimes the hard way. But just to encourage you, to help you be an even more effective leader of singing and leading a life of worship for the people that you walk with week after week. Um, also, just be praying for us. We have a rest retreat coming up the end of January. So many, Some of you guys have signed up for that, and you're going to be a part of it. It's going to be probably the most amazing thing I've been a part of. Um, all that we've been doing for the past four years, we're now in our fifth year, is coming um, to this moment. We're going to have this retreat in January here in Georgia, and we're actually going to broadcast a live stream that you can actually be a part of, and we're going to tell you how soon. But we're going to be recording a a hymns project that a night of worship we do one night with all of our coaches and team and some leaders in the circle in that room and you're going to get to join us so we'll be giving you instructions on how to do that soon so stand by for that but for today i'm so excited um years ago i used to work for the billy graham association and a friend of mine nicole seamullen uh came on to sing with our band we would do music before the crusades and we toured the country a bit did some work with billy um, for quite a few of his large crusades and also did some smaller crusades with a minister named ralph bell who's just a dear man of god and nicole i just loved her from the start she was just extremely authentic and real 
And I just noticed that when she would get on stage, and I mean, she was this way on stage and off, but just um, the power of God was on her. And I could tell that she not only believed what she was singing, but um, she had just experienced it. And many of you have known some of the hit songs she's written in the Christian genre for years and have been following her. But uh, she's just the sweetest person, loves Jesus like crazy, and is continuing to do a great work with the gift God's given her and all the things he's entrusted to her. And I just thought, I want you guys to hear from her because she's the real deal. And she reminds us all that the best the best play we have as leaders is to be the, the person God made us and to walk closely with him, not out of compulsion or out of duty, but out of get to. And as he gives us the desire to follow him and walk with him, to hide his word in our hearts, and to be men and women who know him, walk with him, so that that's what comes out of us when we're on, on stage and off. So it's my joy to introduce my sister and friend from a long time ago, but just the sweetest person you'll ever you'll ever meet, uh, Miss Nicole Seymour. Well, hey, everybody. It's a joy and privilege to be with a friend of mine. Gosh, Nicole, we haven't seen each other, like, hung out in, like, 20 years, so that's a long time. <laughs> It's a lifetime ago, huh? <laughs> it is a lifetime ago, but you and I both know when you're in music and you do anything on the road for any amount of time, there's a brother and sisterhood that seems to transpire that you just always have that in common. Absolutely, especially when it's kingdom. Exactly. <laughs> well, we for those of you uh, who don't know, um, Nicole and I were in, involved in a Billy Graham team years ago. Gosh, it was back in like the late 1990s, I think. Right, Nicole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. But um, I just wanted to reach out. We're, we're doing these Worship Circle podcast interviews. And as I was thinking about the importance of story, the importance of redemption, and just for all of us as worship leaders, one of the things that I love about you, Nicole, and I remember from just sharing the stage with you is that your songs and your ministry, it wasn't just a um, something you were going through the motions. And I could tell that you were connected with the Lord. And I have vivid memories of um, times where you would intro songs and you would literally just start preaching to the crowd. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this girl knows her Bible and <laughs> she's coming from a different place than just, you know, hey, get up and kind of go through this. Like it was real for you and it is real for you, your walk with God. So um, I want just to dig into that a little bit, just to start, like who was, who influenced you growing up that, you know, was kind of what you were carrying from scripture to just filling you full of good things of God, just in your upbringing? Um, as far as who carried me, oh, first of all, it's it's good to be speaking with you, Todd. It is, and you're right. Yeah. We did travel together back in the first year, about to say 1900s, but yeah, it was 1990s. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that same day, hey, still a long time yeah. ago, you know. <laughs> That's but right. um, the Lord has done a lot of work in in all of our lives, you know, in that time yeah. period. Uh, but yeah. there were people who carried me then that I still am gleaning from their influence even now. And I think yeah. really my biggest hero and shero has been my parents, you know. Right. Um, they were men and women of faith. My parents were married for 54 years. My father hmm. worked a layman's job. He worked at the telephone company for 38 years. He sang like Nat King Cole. He was the wow. youth choir director for my sisters and I. He took us out on family night every Thursday night. He taught me how to sing harmony. He prayed over me at the age of 12 and blessed me and asked wow. that the Lord would 
use me in songwriting and take me around the world singing for him. So he was also mm. the first songwriter that I had ever known. He played guitar, he played keys. And, um, and so for me, my parents and my mom is a godly Proverbs 31 woman, loves the Lord. Yeah. My parents have always loved the word. They woke us up as, as teenagers to get up, you know, five o'clock in the morning and we would pray as a family. Now, I must admit, we did not like it. We, did, we, we kind of, yeah. you know, back then we didn't really appreciate it. But, um, right. but they were not teaching us. They were training us in the way that we should go. And I see it all the time. Yeah. To teach is to tell, but to train is to do. And so my parents, they wow. were training us. And so um, mm. when I was around the age of 16, I knew at that point that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to sing. And, um, yeah. and I had, like I said, I'd saw, I'd seen it modeled as far as not just the stages of, you know, camera lights action, but I saw the gospel lived out by two everyday ordinary superheroes, you know, with flesh and blood, mm -hmm. with flaws, but who had surrendered their lives and their talents to the Lord. And so, um, when it comes down to it, I'd say my parents, they gave me a love for the word, a love for the Lord and a yeah. love for his ways. Yeah. On your new record, there's a song, there's an unforgettable cover. Is that about your dad or to your dad? It, it is. My dad and I, we would always sing Unforgettable together as a duet. Yeah. And at his birthday party um, a couple of years ago, he had just turned 80 years old. He and I, we stood wow. up and we sang it and we were going to record it, but we never got around to it. And a month later, he passed away and he wasn't sick prior to. Oh, My sorry. dad had never been on any kind of medication. He um, yeah. could dance around and, you know, sing <laughs> and, and, you know, just hang out like anybody else. But um, he became ill for about a week, uh, the second week of December. And um, within the week, he mm. passed away. And so um, he is unforgettable. His legacy still lives yeah. on. The things that he taught us, we are doing our best to still implement. And I know yeah. that whenever I am worshiping, that's one of the few times I know for sure that my father and I are in sync in our activity. And so, <laughs> that's um, so good. Yeah. It makes it even sweeter. Man, it's so powerful. Nicole, I'll never forget. Um, we were in a hotel room with the band and you had this small Stratocaster that you would bring on the road for songwriting. Right. And you were always in your room <laughs> writing. I'll never forget mm -hmm. that. <laughs> I'd like, Hey, peace out guys. I'm going to write. And then, uh, then uh, maybe a few months later, after you'd been singing with us, you you sat down and you said, "Guys, listen to this song." And you started with these lyrics: "Who told the sun where to stand in the morning?" And you sing this whole song, "My Redeemer Lives," and you get to the end of it, and I'm just kind of like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> that was, <laughs> it was so powerful, um, crazy, crazy time. Yeah. But um, as we think about God being a redeemer, um, you mentioned, you know, just a little bit of your story with your parents and everything. What are some of the, what are some of the memories and seasons you carry in you um, just as a person, you know, also as a worship leader, as an artist, but when you think about God being a redeemer in your life, what are maybe some things that you would look back to and go, he redeemed me from, I remember this, just in the same way that you carry your dad and these special people with you. Well, what are some well, of those redemption trophies, maybe? Well, I have some redemptive scars. <laughs> yeah, um, I think we I all love do. The fact, yeah, I love the fact that after Jesus resurrected and after he had been on the cross, he didn't erase the, he erased the wounds, but he replaced them with scars. He closed up the wounds. Yeah. And he left them as trophies. Mm. And I think he does the same with us. He doesn't take away our memories. He doesn't take away our past stories. 
but he does yeah. wash them in the blood and he makes them Ebenezer's. He makes them points of references where we can say, this is where I was and this is where God met me. This is what he took me through. And so for me, right. some of mine started in, you know, my twenties, I'm now 51 years old. Thank you, Jesus. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but in my twenties, it was a decade of just kind of craziness, you know? And, yeah. um, and I found myself at first, I was in an abusive relationship where I was being physically abused, dragged out of bed, kicked in the ribs, punched uh. in the face and just a lot of craziness and, and brokenness. And mm -hmm. I didn't come from an abusive home. You know, I know a lot of people say, well, she must have seen it growing up. Nope. Never once, never once. Right. Um, and, uh, and that relationship fell apart. And I remember in that night season, you know, like, okay, Lord, what do I do? And I'm sure you're just yeah. done with me. And I just felt like after that season was over that God was like, you know, you've forfeited any good that I had for you. And the words that I spoke over right. you when you were 12, you've just negated them. But actually he was mm -hmm. saying, no, the, the best is still yet to come. And so after that season, I wound up, you know, I found myself in another crazy relationship, you know, and mm -hmm. um, it was one that uh, it was maybe it wasn't abusive in the sense of physically abusive, but my heart was broken often um, by the deeds of yeah. infidelity of another. I'll just say it that way. And so right. it, it became a night season for me. It became um, not, not a night season of me dabbling in darkness, but a season of, you know, God, have I really just missed you? Will I ever be loved? Will you ever be able to take these broken pieces, these fragmented, you know, segments of my life, of my loveless mm -hmm. life? And will you be able to do anything with it? And it was in that particular yeah. season that I was sitting on my couch one day in my little music room at home on the little farm that I live on. And I was reading the book of Job and um, I read about this man that, you know, was the the topic of conversation between God and the devil. And that already it rocked my theology already because I didn't know that God and the devil had conversations. But according to Job chapter one and chapter two, there's a conversation and 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 God says to the devil, he baits the devil and he says, have you considered my servant Job? He's blameless. He's a man who loves God. He fears God and he hates evil. And so mm. basically, even though Job was blameless, God allowed the devil to sift him to um, in one day, mm. all 10 of his kids. The devil destroyed all 10 of his kids in one day. He destroyed his wealth. Eventually, he destroyed his health. Job is like, you know, being accused by his friends wrongly. His wife is telling him, go ahead and, and curse God and die, Job. So he's getting it from all sides. He is being pressed down. Yeah. He's been broken. He is, he doesn't see the light. He doesn't know that God is rooting for him and that God is going to restore yeah. him. And so, but in the middle of Job's despair in chapter 19, verse 25, when I got there, all of a sudden in the midst of this dark scene, in the midst of this heartache, in the midst of his anguish is where Job mm -hmm. basically said, he finally said like, I don't know what's going on basically, but I do know that my Redeemer lives. The one who's going to buy back my pain, the one who's going to buy back my shame, buy back my heartache. And he said, and in the last yeah. day, he's going to stand upon the earth. And Job said, and though my body be destroyed in my flesh, I'm going to see God. And so Job <laughs> said this before he saw the end result. Now, he didn't know at this point mm -hmm. in history that God was going to give him 10 more children. 
We know that because we've read the end of the book. He didn't have the end of the book to read. He didn't know that God was going to restore his health and his flesh. He didn't know that God was going to give him twice as much wealth as he had lost and give him more days on the back end than he had already lived on the front. And so Mm. it hit me though, but if this man who has endured all of this hardship in the midst of his night season, if he can cling to the hope that is Christ, (laughs) how much more can we cling to the Christ that has come already. Job was looking forward to the Christ mm-hmm. that would come. We're looking back and benefiting yeah. from the Christ that has come. And so mm-hmm. after reading that, I began to take my little dual sonic um, guitar, my little <laughs> Strat that you're speaking of. Yeah. And I began to yeah. just strum, you know, I began to just strum out a, a, a chorus. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I was, um, you know, singing the chorus. And before, after that, the verse came. And I was inspired by chapters 38 through 42 of, of the book of Job. You know, when God comes on the scene wow. and he flashes his glory, it's like he opens up his jacket and he just like says, bam, and you see the light of who he is. And <laughs> and you're, you're, you're confounded because you don't even, you can't answer him because you don't even understand half of the questions. And it shows how high yeah. above it, that he is from us. And so anyway, after reading it, I was filled with hope and I began to write this little song and and it took me another year to complete mm-hmm. it, to finish the actual, the second verse and the, and the bridge. But um, when I did, I had a song that became my comfort song. It was a song that, yeah. you know, I did not know that it was going to do what it has done. But it was something that God gave me to encourage me. And then he encouraged me not to be selfish with it and to use it <laughs> to encourage other people as well. And so I was glad you're right. Yeah. I do remember the time I was able to sing it. And uh yeah, and the Lord gave us a favorable response. And then after that, I wound up going on Michael W. Smith tour, singing it there as well. So yeah, to God be the glory. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely. What? Um, so tell me this. This is just for me and everybody else listening can hear your response. <laughs> so when Car- after you recorded that song, Carrie and I are listening to it. And great song. And then we get to the end and you I shout out. He sp- I spoke with him this, <laughs> this <Yes>. morning. <laughs> and all of a sudden we had like third church. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, what, what, did that happen spontaneously in the studio or did that kind of come out of your heart? That was um, a spontaneous. It's one of those things for, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it happens. You know, it's just, it's the overflow. Yeah. It's what we live in. It's the overflow yeah. that comes out of gratitude and out of truth and out of, vulnerability. It's like, I, I did. I spoke to him this morning then, and I did again today. <laughs> you know, it's how I yeah. live. It's how I live. Oh gosh. It's so powerful. Um, so how have you seen, you know, we talk about worship leading, you've done a worship project. Um, I know you lead worship. What, how have you seen the landscape change over the past maybe 20 years? And, you know, what are some things that are encouraging you or things that you've just watched God do? Um, I, I think when it comes to worship, as far as worship leading or just as doing worship music, you mean? And, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. the whole thing, kind well, of worship leading and worship yeah. music. and. Well, I've seen worship music genre, of course, erupt and become yeah. uh, a giant in itself, which I think on one hand is super beautiful that yeah. we are inspiring other people to worship Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, though, I, I just I think I'll send a little bit of a caution to say I, I would hate for people to jump on the band and wagon because it's something that seems to be a popular genre um, of right. music. And I, I would 
want to caution people to know that music itself is not worship. Music can lead yeah. you into worship, but worship yeah. in the Bible was never necessarily accompanied by music. It's not associated with music. Praise is associated with music. Worship is associated right. with sacrifice. And so like it mm -hmm. says over in Romans 12, it says, therefore I urge yeah. you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Yeah. So our spiritual act of right. worship is not just the song we sing, whether it's slow or whether it gives us chill bumps or whether we feel like we had church that day, but it's really, am I yielding yeah. my members? Am I yielding my mouth, my hands, my eyes, my feet, my heart, my passions as a sacrifice wow. to God? And when we're doing that, then we have worshiped. Now music can help lead us into that aspect to where we bow our lives, where we lay our lives prostrate mm. to him. But I think we need not confuse music as worship. It's not the same. That's a, worship is sacrifice. That's a great word. That's a great word. So Nicole, if you're you know talking to worship leaders now, what are some of the ways that you try to engage people in a room? I mean, I know you do concerts and you sing songs people have known you to do, but if you're kind of coming in cold turkey, hey, we're at church or we're going to respond and praise to God today is, I mean, sometimes it's just start the music and let's go, but just any tips or ways that you found to really kind of bridge the gap between the awkwardness of these people are here and they don't know me or, you know, now we're going to ask you to sing just well, anything practical you would throw out. Well, I think for me is to speak to them like friends, you know, and not as congregants yeah. and, and be real, like mm. start with, something that's honest and, and a bit vulnerable. It could be, you know, y'all, yeah. I woke up today and to be honest, I really didn't feel like going anywhere. My bed was, you know, <laughs> it was warm. My pillow was just like, you know, speaking and singing lullabies to me, you know, and I really didn't, but that's you know awesome. what? But all of a sudden my heart was drawn and because my heart was yeah. drawn to be here and to worship with you, my body followed suit. And right now I'm having to command myself, like you're probably having to command yourself because we're all trying to get rid of the funk of this past week, you know, but we have to command <laughs> ourselves this morning to do what it says in Psalm 103. So right now let's just mm. command ourselves and say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Yeah. And forget, you know, like I, uh, today is a day yeah. for me to command me to lay prostrate before yeah. him. And so it's not about the music. It's not about if we sing all the right notes, because guess what? We probably won't. I probably won't. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's not about that. And your yeah. favorite song may or may not be sang today, you know, but even if it yeah. isn't, let our hearts be prostrate before him. Let us surrender our lives. Let our mm. breath be our, our, our melody today. Let our breath and our lives be, you know, the music that he hears and that he receives and that he loves. And so um, mm. to me, it just comes out of an authentic place, but I think it has to come out of a conversation and not out of a, yeah. um, a monologue. It can't come out of a, yeah. you know, it just it has to be real. And I think when people hear the realness in it, then they can identify yeah. and say, okay, now, okay, I can believe where you're going. I, I want to go where you're going. You know, I want to do yeah. what you're doing. I want to worship who you're worshiping. That's just my humble take. You know, That's how I do it. No, it's great. And it's crazy because I haven't hung out with you in 20 years. And we used to do these little... When we were with the Billy Graham team, I'd grab my acoustic and we'd go do it like they'd say, hey, you guys go to this church on Sunday. And, um, 
you know, we're all, we all as leaders are gathering experience and we're learning from people. And I just, I'll never forget just that, that is who you were then. And it, I carried that into my leadership later. It was like, man, when Nicole gets up to talk to people, it's like, hey, it's not, you know, there's no fear. There's no like, oh gosh, we're nervous. We're about to play music. It's, I just want to talk to these people and let them know that I know where they are right now. And we're all in this together. And it, I just think every leader out there could benefit from that kind of approach. Oh, thanks. So to God be the glory again. And he's yeah. still teaching me. He's still teaching me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, well hey, um, who you, you man, you're quoting scripture right and left. Is that Bible school? Is that every day? Is that upbringing? <laughs> Is that, I love that because you just don't, you know, I can, I can tell that when, when we hear the, the idea of the word of Christ dwelling in you richly, when I talk to you, Nicole, I feel like that's who, just who you are. You're being real. Like the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly. Is that just the years of being in the word? I, I think honestly, a lot of it is how I was raised. Like it really was. And I think yeah. our parenting, um, even if our kids are older, we can still start in it, you know? I think it had yeah. a lot to do with it. It was part of the soil and it was a part of the seed. It was part of the nourishment of the seed. Um, I remember even as a young child, uh, we would uh, we would go to my father's father's church some Sunday mornings and then we would go to a non-denominational church at night. And then we'd visit my mom's dad's church some other times. But um, my right. one grandfather would invite me to come and share the books of the Bible or passages of scripture that I had learned. And I was probably four or five years old at the time. And I would okay. get up and I would quote it and he would give me a dollar. He would give my sisters and I a dollar every time we would do it. But <laughs> my point is, I don't remember learning it, but my mom taught it to us. Yeah. And so it had to have been yeah. taught in such a way that it wasn't traumatic. It, it, it felt like living. It felt like me learning the ABCs. And so I encourage right. other people, if you have young kids, and, you know, even if you have older ones, get the word in them, you know, um, it could, yeah. you can make it fun. You can break it down into little bites until they get it. But kids are, they are um, sponges and they're always yeah. listening. Um, even when they act like they're not, they're still hearing you. They're watching you. They're observing. And they're going to not just do what you say do, but they're going to do what you do. And so yeah. um, I guess as my mom was learning them, I was learning them. Or she was teaching me what she yeah. had already learned. And so before I knew it, it, I began to learn to feed myself the word or to glean where I mm -hmm. could glean. And I um, mean, I've right. been very blessed to be able to teach hundreds of kids, you know, in the past, maybe thousands, I don't know, the word of God and to memorize scripture. And, and, um, and I did go to Bible school for a couple of years and I had a great time there. But, um, mm -hmm. but I have to say, honestly, a lot of it came before I actually got to Bible school. And I did learn a lot at Bible school, but yeah. a lot of it, I have to give credit to the ordinary superheroes that I lived with that were, they had feet of clay, you know, but they had hearts of gold mm -hmm. because their lives were surrendered yeah. to Christ and they were in the form of my mom and my dad. That's powerful. Did you guys, how did you implement that at home with, with Max and Jazz and Josiah? Well, just in the morning times, we'd have Bible times. And even like even this morning, you know, I took Josiah to school and um, yeah. and on the way to school, we do Proverbs. So we listen to a chapter of Proverbs and then we pick out the verses that stood out to us. And my son is 15 years old yeah. 
And this morning he was able to expound on the ones that stood out to him. And so we talk about it on the way, like the Bible says, we talk about it at home. We talk about it at, you know, in the assembly, but, and that doesn't mean that they're perfect and I'm not perfect either, but we are being perfected because we're yielding our lives to Christ. And um, day by Mm -hmm. day, we are allowing him to conform us to the image of Christ because his word is what's transforming us. And so I've been spoon feeding them the word and encouraging them to feed themselves. Like now that you're older, you can read it, you know, and from time to time, I'll ask my older kids, so what have you been reading lately? You know, either they'll go, I've been reading, you know, in the book of, you know, Daniel, or they'll go, you know what? It's been about a week and I haven't, let me get back to you, you know? So, so, you know, so we were able to do that. And, you know, my 15 year old, he's at a point still where, you know, mommy still has to, to feed him a bit. You know, he's going to get there on his own pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he is that's growing great. and he is learning and, and that's encouraging in itself. Mm. Hey, we were talking about this before we started recording, but tell everybody a little bit about your kids band, oh. what they're doing, the, the name and everything. Okay. Well, Jasmine, she's my oldest. She will be 25 this year. And she is a lead Whoa. singer for a band called The New Respects. And they are okay. Christians who sing mainstream. And um, they're currently right. on tour. They've been in Rolling, Stone Ma- Rolling Stones magazine. They have, um, they have several videos that are out. And they have a CD that's out as well. They love Jesus. And she and the other band members, they were a part of my mentorship program that we had for many years. And um, from the time that they were about maybe 10 and up, 10 years old and up, and they were also wow. leaders in the same group. And uh, they danced and sang with me on Women of Faith tours and all over the globe. And wow. um, so now they're doing their own thing and God is raising them up. And so I'm very proud. Wow. And then I have another son, my oldest son. He's 21, um, loves the Lord. Uh-huh. He is a man of faith. He is a, he's in college right now. He uh, mentors young kids. He has a heart for um, the underprivileged. He is also a little businessman. Mm. Um, but he loves Jesus. He is he is on fire <laughs> yeah. for the Lord and he makes me proud. And then, like I said, I have my youngest, Josiah. He's 15, six feet four, size 14 shoe, playing football and basketball <laughs> and uh, doing music on the side. And uh, he's growing. He's growing in the Lord. So uh, I thank God for them. Wow. They keep me young and they make me old at the same time. So thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Well, that's right. Well, you've always been young, young at heart, and full of energy. Crazy. <laughs> the Lord's doing. Your la- yeah, your latest project is like never before. That's how long has that been out? Um, it came out earlier this year, back in January. So it's called okay. like never before. Yeah. It has um new songs on it, and uh, but it's still in the yeah. flavor of Nicole C. Mullen. But it's also yeah, uh, me celebrating what God has done and what He is yet to do it's an album full of hope mm-hmm. it's the album of moving forward like never before oh well it's really good love it thank you um you're also greatest hits live tour you're going out on some you got some hitting the road events coming up yes so people can see you on tour <laughs> and and really i'm just you know um super excited about the tour the greatest hits live tour super excited about the women's conferences Super excited about how he has allowed us to be able to minister to the four corners of the earth. Um, yeah. We just got back from Paris last month and week wow. before last, I was in England and we're headed out to Africa the month after next. And um, just wherever he leads us, we go. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm also thrilled that even after 20 years from the time where you and I were a part of Ecclesia and we were singing with Dr. Um, Ralph Bell and singing yeah. with Dr. Graham and with um, Franklin and with Will and yeah. how even in that span of time, from that span of time, the Lord has still kept us and he is still allowing us to lead other men and women all over the globe into yeah. his presence with music, through song, through word. Um, mm-hmm. And through um, just giving our testimony. And so um, I'm grateful to be here, grateful to be a part. And mm-hmm. again, all the stuff that has happened in between, it's to God be the glory, good and the bad, to God be the yeah. glory for the things that he yeah. has done. <laughs> well, I just thank you, my sister. And uh, one of the things we do in Worship Circle is the purpose really is that leaders would know they're loved and they're not alone. Because oftentimes we can kind of get in our head or we're, we're, you know, off in a place somewhere. We're not connected to a lot of people when we lead and we don't see how big the big C church is and how many brothers and sisters really are standing with us. But, um, you're just one of those people in my life, Nicole, that as I look back kind of through the Rolodex of experience and brothers and sisters that are on this thing, carrying the torch with us for the sake of Christ, for the gospel, with music, I just thank God for you, for your life, for your story, for his story in you, for the fact that he is a redeemer. And I love how he continues to use you for his kingdom around the earth. So thank you so much for just being obedient and encouraging so many people with the mantle he's put on you. And uh, we'll just continue to keep you in our prayers and your family. And um, thanks so much just for jumping in and being willing to do this today. Um, Thank you so much for having me, Todd. You too, Carrie. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, would you mind praying out real quick for the leaders that are listening, just for kind of a broad broad prayer for worship leaders everywhere that are listening Don't to the podcast? Okay. Don't mind at all. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you so much um, for this opportunity. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are leading men and women and children into your presence, Lord. Some on a weekly basis, some on a monthly basis, some on a daily basis, Lord. I pray that as they pour out, as they open up their lives to you, Lord, that you would pour into them, that you would strengthen them, that you would guard them, that you would guide them, Lord. I pray that you would give them strategy and insight. I pray that you would give them the provision that they need, Lord. Lord, I pray that even as they are lending themselves to heal and to help others, that you would allow them to be healed and to be helped as well. Lord, I thank you that as they are shepherding your sheep, Lord, that they would remember that they themselves are still sheep that are in need of the good shepherd and that they would run to the same savior, the same God that we are encouraging others to run to. Mm -hmm. So Lord, today I bless them. I pray that you would continue to make them whole. I pray that you would continue to anoint them, the anointing that will break the yoke of addiction and oppression off of other people's lives, Lord. Mm -hmm. Anoint them, Lord. Empower them, Lord strengthen them, Lord, encourage them, Lord. Today, today by your spirit, we pray. Thank you for their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. And we want you to remember that as you lead, we stand with you. There are thousands in the kingdom united with you to bring the message of hope in Christ as you lead week after week. We'll see you next time.